0: to the DC TV podcast episode 17. All four shows to talk about this week, all four new episodes of Constantine, Gotham, Arrow, and The Flash. And with me as always is the uh, the tycoon of his own personal dimension of podcasting, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello. You know, if you stay in this uh, universe of your own making, you're only running away. Fine at least is my universe though, right? And Brick Treadwell's personal tailor and cut man, uh, Richard the Chub Toad Sheldon, how are you doing? I'll cut you. He, he was quite a bleeder this week. That, that kind of surprised me after getting shot in the head, yeah. really having nothing happen to him, but we'll yeah. get to that later. As I said, we, we have uh, four shows to talk about. We also have some news to get to as the night progresses. First episode, the first show we're going to talk about in, in order is Constantine. Uh, the episode is called A Whole World Out There. It was pretty cool as it brought back the character of Richie Simpson, Jeremy Davies, who a lot of people mm-hmm. know from Lost. Probably, he's probably best known from Lost, I guess. I never watched Lost, so I don't know. I that. did, and I forgot I forgot he was in Lost. I, I mean, I remember him from so many other things. Though.
1: He was Dr. Um...
0: Daniel Faraday. 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 I mean, I know him from uh, Saving Private Ryan. He's been in a bunch of movies and a bunch of TV shows, going all the way back to Mel. going all the way back to Melrose Place uh, in, the, in the early '90s, so uh, in the Wonder Years. So he's he's been around. He's been, you know, he's he's paid some dues or what have you. But uh, yeah, he so it's Jeremy Davies. He plays G. Simpson, one of uh, Constantine's old uh, associates, one of his old running crew, one of his teaching assistants. Has borrowed a book uh, of, of Richie's and has opened a gateway to an alternate dimension ruled by this guy named Jacob Shaw, who is a sadistic. Serial killing lunatic, and he uh, he lures these kids. they go, These kids pass through to another dimension uh, of his design, and once there, he kills uh, three out of four of them, uh, and then continues to kill them over and over again for his own pleasure in his own little world. And uh, the fourth member seeks out Rich to survive. Uh, seeks out uh, Constantina Richie. Uh, they follow her into the pocket dimension, and are able to overcome this guy uh, Richie is able to overcome his fear and shyness in the real world by getting into a world that he can actually manipulate. And He's able through his own willpower to overpower uh, this lunatic Shaw and uh, overpower him in his own dimension, kind of turn it into a paradise and kind of banish his little house of horrors out of it. He uh, Richie almost wants to stay in this u- universe of his own making. Constantine tells me he's just running away from his problems. He, when they come back the girl comes back, Then Constantine comes back and Richie doesn't come back for a couple minutes, but then decides to come back into the real world. That's the short version.
1: I have a question before we deep dive. Is, and it, the episode was bookend by this, and maybe I'm just forgetting something, or I just don't know. When he's sitting there, when um, Gabriel shows up, he's looking at somebody's in that mirror, I guess in an opposite dimension as well or something. Who is that? Do we know... I, I I don't understand, or is that setting up for something later? I
0: don't think it's anything that's been uh, referred to lately. It might be the one guy who got trapped in the mirror who was coming after Zed. Remember, one one woman fell through the you know into the door into another dimension. I think one of them got trapped in the mirror.
1: No, so. well because I think he refers to him as old friend at some point. Like at the end, he does like a
0: toast to him or motion to him or something well at the end i mean the this guy jacob shaw is able to bring these kids these kids back to his dimension after they travel there the first time through mirrors um through window panes to reflective surfaces uh even using a cell phone at one point so um after they get out of uh, you know that world and and, and everything i think uh, you know when he's toasting in the mirror at that point he's kind of toasting shaw and all that. It's like you know you bastard or whatever
1: Oh, okay. Makes sense.
0: Because, I mean, the, the whole thing was that they got trapped after they made their initial trip into the alternate dimension. Uh, Shaw, because the war, the veil between the worlds is so thin right now, they explain because of the oncoming darkness, you know, with Manny and the, uh, the angel and whatnot, that uh, he's, he's able to draw them back through, um, like, reflective surfaces, mirrors. Like, the one girl's doing ballet, and the whole one wall is a mirror, and he's there in, like, every single mirror while uh, watching her do ballet uh, before he takes her back. Um, the one it was guy, a cool
1: effect. That yeah. was very cool. Um, as she
0: moved down the line, he just boom, boom, boom. That was cool. Even after they take her to the House of Mystery, um, you know, for safekeeping, the last girl uh, gets sucked in by looking at her cell phone, which is also a reflective surface. Um, they explain it because they used an Egyptian technique. Of -of out-of-body travel of some sort that uses, and the Egyptians believed that mirrors and reflective surfaces were were gateways into other worlds.
1: Which was a very cool concept. I I really liked it. It reminded me kind of that uh, Kiefer cellular movie, Mirrors, or something like that. That, you know, just traveling in and out of the mirrors. I don't know, I like other dimension type stuff, and at first I was not on board with the way they were going in the episode, uh, but then once Once it all came together, I was like, man, this is awesome. And I I, kind of wish there would be more to explore in that other dimension. I I, I was kind of hoping that he was going to stay behind because you could tell, like you said, he wanted to stay. I was kind of hoping he would. And then maybe down the road, like we revisit him in that dimension. And, you know, he's built up just this gigantic world. You know, with all kinds of cool stuff, but you know, wishful thinking.
0: It's still a good episode, though.
2: Well, I was gonna say, it's not much with Zed. You, you don't see much of her.
0: Well, no, he Zed explains. To Zed, he, yeah, he, he explains that Zed is on sick leave, and then Chaz is with his mm-hmm. family, so it's kind of a solo adventure. But it gives us time to really kind of see the character of Richie Simpson a little more. All right. Um, and and kind of the you know the connection that him and John have for the past and everything. And got back to the and they got back to the the map that that whole thing because they kind of got away from it the last three episodes. Yeah, Manny is the one who has to like uh, take him out of self-pity and drunkenness and point him to the map this time because Chaz and Zed aren't around. But yeah, you're right. The, the mirror effects are really cool. Uh, when he kills like the one big kid by suffocating him, uh, right before that when he sees the reflection in the doorway as the door shuts uh, that was pretty cool the whole idea of him like killing them over and over pretty much just torturing them for eternity for his own amusement was really kind of you know frightening idea yeah I just I, I really like this episode and plus I mean when Richie is able to like use his willpower to show like Shaw like made this like tiny ramshackle house torturing people you know Richie's able to open it up and make this giant you know landscape you know beautiful you know idyllic you know like heavenly landscape and, and and world just out of his own mind
1: yeah i like i said i really like the whole him controlling him basically being the god of his own realm
0: and then they show him at the end at the beginning he's, he's just monitoring a class that uh teaching via a cassette tape at the end he show him turning off the cassette tape putting it away and teaching the class himself kind of you know a, a nod to him like understanding that he needs to exist in the real world after giving up godhood like you said yeah cool episode i thought yep
1: I'm really, and I didn't catch all the previews, but it looks like something really cool is going to happen with Gabriel next week.
0: And I'm well, uh, they better hurry up and do it because we only have two episodes left. Uh, not to um, foreshadow too much in the news segment, but among the uh, announced renewals uh, of shows coming up on NBC, Constantine was not among them. We will, uh, we'll see. Like I said, we get two more episodes before it's on. I guess semi-permanent hiatus, you'd call it, or I don't know. It's kind of in limbo. Shall we move on to Gotham, gentlemen? Let's. The fearsome Doctor Crane, fourteenth episode of the season. Gordon and Bullock investigating a serial killer who kills people by using their their worst fear. We get a really cool opening sequence of a guy who's afraid of heights, uh, trapped trapped in an office chair, being strangled to death, uh, hung uh, hung on a hangman's noose, very you know in a high skyscraper. Really good opening scene, and we see Julian Sands uh, in this uh, in this episode as uh, Gerald Crane, father of Jonathan Crane. Uh, who we see in a brief cameo later because the meter ran out of. Uh, Bullock and Gordon are investigating this killer, and uh, he's targeting members of a fear support group and extracting their adrenal glands um, as he's using their greatest fear against them, so he can get the pure purest of uh, fear adrenaline he can. When Gordon goes back to his uh, apartment after being gone for a while, he has a brief encounter with Selena Kyle. Uh, who tells her you know that she was lying; she didn't see the, the the who killed the Waynes, and then makes a hasty retreat off the balcony. Uh, Afterwards, Gordon goes to visit Bruce, and Bruce isn't real happy that Gordon hasn't made any progress in finding the man who killed his parents. And he tells him, you know, you don't have to worry about the oath you made. It's fine, I understand. uh, Gordon and Bullock follow a lead. Oh, I'm sorry. Bullock meets a a member of the support group. Uh, Bullock is approached by a member of the uh, fear support group whose number was found in the corpse's pocket. Her name is Scotty Mullen. And Bullock is immediately smitten with this girl. Big time. Um, he oh, yeah. he drops uh, the so, whole. So was I. She was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the actress's name is Maria Thayer, but um, she was playing a uh, Scotty Mullen, and a very, very uh, Irish-looking girl, blue eyes, red hair, and because of of uh, her involvement, he is very gung ho about the case. And you know, they have a very thin lead, but they follow it up and they find a guy who was strapped to a chair, being tortured by another guy in a pig mask, and being surrounded, and he was also surrounded by pigs. It turned out his fear of pigs and they're trying to scare him to death to again to extract his adrenal gland. Bullock attends the uh the uh the support group you know, figure as he's in the group he you, you know, there's a member named Todd, uh, that he figures out is the killer, Gerald Crane. And as he figures this out, he abducts Scotty and is gonna expose her to her worst fear, which is drowning in a public pool. She almost drowned when she was eight years old. Um they they follow her to the pool, they they find out what pool it was that she had her accident in when she was a kid. They they track down to the pool. This is where we see young Jonathan come in and have a scene with Gerald because he has to wait out in the car while Gerald is doing these you know fear killings or whatever. So, you know, obviously complicit in having to grow up what you know with a crazy serial killer for a dad. But Bullock is able to save Scotty, cranes get away, but they're able to save Scotty and, and at least chase him away from now. Uh, meanwhile, in the other, uh, in the other plot uh, storyline for the Penguin, Penguin and Maroni are having a nice meal, and all of a sudden, Maroni gets a phone call from Fish Mooney, who tells, uh, you know, who tells them that Kowapod's been working for Falcone all along. And on the news of this, Maroni says, "Hey, you want to help me do a thing upstate? I got to meet a guy." Penguin, of course, you know, not, you know, not sensing anything suspicious, like, sure, of course. They get into the car, they go upstate, they hang out at this lodge. And they start to play a game where they tell each other secrets. And the first secret that Maroney tells Penguin is that, uh, you know, there's no guy. It's just the two of them. You know, he lured him out there to, you know, to talk to him. And then uh, they, they keep trading off secrets. And Penguin secrets at first are stuff like, I don't like coffee. You know, things like that. And Maroney's are all like, uh, you know, well, Fish Moody called and said that you've been working for Falcon this whole time. And he starts to, like, you know, pull out these tidbits from the from Penguin's past and Penguin's gang. More nervous and more nervous and more nervous. And finally, Penguin says, well, I have a secret. I stole the gun out of your gym bag. He pulls out Maroni's gun, points it at his chest, and you know tells him that he's a fool for for having left him alone with the gun. And Maroni says, "Well, I have one wow. last secret. My gun is full of blanks." And Penguin calls him a liar and tries to shoot him two or three times, and it is indeed full of blanks. And Maroni gives him a big beatdown.
1: I, I have to say that that was probably one of the only disappointment disappointing things this episode to me was because I that was so telegraphed. You know, from from how obvious it was when he was packing the gun into the bag to everything, I, you know, I, I, I didn't see the blanks thing coming. I just figured it wasn't low.
0: I found the whole thing very Sopranos. Yes. There, there's that one episode where I think it's Polly Walnuts and, and Michael have to go kill a guy and he runs off in the snow. And I thought that's where they were going to go. <laughs> but they have to chase, you know, you have to chase Penguin through the woods or whatever. Yeah. But again, like a couple of the other episodes, it's very uh, – very Sopranos, very The Wire kind of vibe, you know, Uh, very much that modern mafia uh, hitting that nail on the head for sure. Uh, Penguin wakes up, begs for his life, and Maroney's brought him to a a car crusher, a car crushing yard. Uh, Penguin begs for his life. Maroney, you know, of course, has no sympathy whatsoever, puts him in a car, puts the car inside the crusher, and walks away. Penguin still has his cell phone while he's in the car that's being crushed. He tries to call Maroney first. (laughs) (laughs) Then <laughs> Maroni up on him.
1: That is such a funny. He's like, "Oh, I can't believe this."
0: <laughs> Just died. Take it like a man. <laughs> then he calls the guy operating the car crusher, tells him that he's about to kill Don Falcone's right hand man, and that Falcone's sending a whole crew down here to to wipe everything out. If that, you know, if he doesn't come out alive this scares the operator of the uh the crusher who runs away even though moroni is uh you know taking some shots at him moroni comes back and the penguin has his car as it was being crushed pretty cool scene i thought using only a cell phone and and the power of bs he was able yeah, to save I, himself i
1: like that entire scene the whole sequence was really good
0: daryl you got anything for us he's so hurt from yoga he can't talk i'm not talk You know, I didn't really have, I mean, I still
2: can't figure out the, 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 um, still can't figure out the, what's her name that, uh, Enigma loves so much. Oh, Miss Kringle. I still can't figure, like, do you like him? Do you, do you just think of him as a friend? Do you think Are you
0: toying with him? Yes. Like, it's just something about her. The other, the other plot line that I didn't go into, um, by the way, the penguin, uh, wakes up on the side of a road and uh, a bunch of church ladies have found him and he rides him in, uh, Back to Gotham in the church uh, back of a church bus
1: that face yep. he makes when he sits down in the back of the bus and he just kind of <laughs> rumps out and looks out the window <laughs> I don't know why you know, but I it know. just cracked me up it cracked me up so much first thing I thought
2: is please don't want call him a penguin because yes. I remember the call back when he when he left
0: town before right and they call him a penguin he killed everybody. Don't, don't kill all the old ladies, please. Oh, don't kill the church ladies. I
1: was kind of hoping he was going to join him in some spiritual singing, you know, on the bus.
0: It was so funny that he quoted scripture to them, though, when he found when they found him. He's like, like Job, I have seen the fires of partition and come out the other side. At the GCPD, Edward Nigma frames the medical local examiner, Dr. Guerra. Now, Dr. Guerra is, I mean, nigma has been kind of insinuating himself doing autopsies and things like that without Dr. Guerra's knowledge or, or permission. Finally, he gets caught doing it, and Dr. Guerra demands that Essen suspend him. Essen does suspend him. And on his way out, Nygma, we see Nygma going into the men's locker room at the GCPD and working on one of the locks, but we don't see what he's doing. Uh, later, Dr. Guerra is coming off his shift. He opens the locker, and it's full of body parts, uh, human limbs, all kinds of <laughs> stuff. And he is framed for stealing body parts. After, a uh, after, oh, I'm sorry. After Gara is suspended, um, Dr. Tompkins comes by to see Gordon. Uh, him and Gordon, uh, she and Gordon are dating now for sure. Uh, he kisses her right there in front of everybody, God and everybody in the police department. And he also tells her that the uh, job of medical examiner has opened up. And then, I
1: have to say from from her previous episodes... From Firefly, from V, from all of that, she never looked more hotter than she did in this episode, in that scene. She's just, wow. And she I, the whole chemistry between the two of them, I'm like, Barbara who? Can we just totally forget her out of the whole plot line?
2: just be well, done she with her. Been, she's still gone. I mean, they, I was surprised she didn't. Well, you know what? It probably won't be until like they really
0: start dating. Like when they really yeah, get into it, that's when she's going to pop up. Or maybe he'll accidentally take her back to that place that him and Barbara shared, and then she'll catch him there.
2: It's going to be something, you know, yeah. it's going to be
0: something to put like a, some type of hitch on the whole relationship. Cause it's going too good. And you know, damn well, if they keep her true to form that she's, you know, even though she ran off with Montoya and all that, she's going to you know, hold this against Jim. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm, also I'm, to
0: see if, if Nygma is able to work with Dr. Tompkins, if she ends up becoming the, the new medical examiner. Well,
2: she, she doesn't mind weird. She seems to be nice and accepting
0: of, of weird. Yeah.
1: She was a doctor at Arkham. At, at so. Arkham,
0: so she knows weird pretty well. <laughs> And Jim is like the worst dude to
2: ask a <laughs> girl, girl out. I mean, like she kind of, she kind of was very
0: forgiving. Well, she called that him on how worse. bad his dating skills were. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he kind of admitted that he was rusty, and mm-hmm. but that was cool. That was that was good dialogue between the two of them. I thought that worked. It worked. They have that bond
2: of like they they got all into the case. Like they really, uh, that, it doesn't scare
0: her away. When they when they discuss these things, and this it's like this huge thing that they have in common that they can uh, they can you know have to bond them as well as you know, that he doesn't have with Barbara. At right. All, you know? totally. totally. He tried to let her into that world, and look what happened. And also, we uh, finally we get a uh, fish Mooney. We saw we see a little bit at the beginning where she's riding on a boat, going somewhere, away from Gotham, and then the right. very end of the episode, it looks like her boat is being attacked. Boats being attacked by mercenaries. I guess. Kind of I was trying to, to figure
2: me. out, but what? Like, what is it? Something with that? I was trying to figure out if it's a what Batman villains are like. That like it. Uh, it would you. It would have to be something that was in like the the um the early the early Batman I mean, he used to travel all the time. Yeah, but I can't think of one I just could not think of uh Yeah, and I have to look back. Like he reminded me of like, it was something out of like the Neil Adams Batman back in that because he would try he did he knew a lot of agents and MI five people and he had a lot of you know, a lot of associates and stuff that were he was he was actually pretty much uh, um he pretty much traveled anywhere. Like that that Batman run, he pretty much went all over the world. When well yeah, needed. I mean he
0: went after Ra's al Ghoul and that was the, mm-hmm. when Ra's al Ghoul originally kidnapped Robin. Yeah. Draw out, um to draw out Batman and you know to present him the you know, to tell him he could be his heir, you know, his successor, and of course Batman wouldn't have it. That was that was the way the episode ended, was Fish Mooney clashing with the mercenary. I uh, that let ending though, and she
2: when she growls at him and runs and then I want her story to end. I kind of just don't want to see her anymore for a while. Mm-hmm.
1: It it had that very late seventies, early eighties action TV show ending to it. You know, they're going each other, then freeze frame, and then credits. <laughs> well,
0: that's like the Rocky. Kinda... Rock, isn't that the Rocky Three ending? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where he goes like Ding, Ding, and they're just boxing. Yeah, it, you know, uh... just him and Apollo Creed, just one on one by themselves, no one around. And then it ride. freezes with them punching. Yeah, you know. that's the, I think that's the, the first time I saw that ending was Rocky Three. So <laughs> uh, the fearsome Doctor Crane. I like Julian Sands. He's been in a ton of stuff. If you had cable TV in the eighties, you probably remember him from the Warlock series and movies. But uh, he's been he's been around. He makes a really good creepy Doctor Crane. I think. Definitely. And it was cool to see a um, a love interest for Bullock. Yeah, he would. You Garcia, know was, was kind was of the, a, way he, the way he treated her. You know that way. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. the way he kind of like fawned mm-hmm. over her and stuff.
2: I also like how this was a kind of a smack in the face to him because he didn't take his job serious anymore, and how he wanted to wrap the case up so quickly. So I I wonder if this was kind of like to Bullock, kind of like you need to get you need to get yourself together because you've you know. You've gotten in the habit of doing sloppy police work, and you could have got this woman that you kind you like. You go, you almost got killed because you didn't keep going.
1: Exactly. It was also kind of cool to see Bullock in the um, head over heels puppy
0: love kind of right. It's so like against t- so uh, like against type for him. So what do you think? Good episode? Yes? No? I mean, except for with Penguin,
2: you know, he, he's discovered now, but.
1: Oh, I was going to say, it just, it kind of felt more like it was just moving a bunch of pieces in the place. It was really, exactly. I mean, it was good. Every, every exactly. sequence by itself was good, but it didn't just all meld together and into one episode. It was more just moving the pieces around to set up probably for the next few episodes.
2: That's what it felt like, but not in a bad way, but it just felt like
0: it's time right. to move things have to, to move along. I, I did like a lot of the parts of this. I liked uh, the stuff between him and Tompkins. They they have very good chemistry together both as actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the stuff with Bullock and the, and, the, and uh, Scotty. That was that was awesome. Yeah, like I said parts of this I thought really shone through. The other parts again like you said were just like moving the chess pieces to get everything where it should, be, you know, it needs to be. Um the next episode is called The Scarecrow. So I guess we're going to get the conclusion of this storyline. Yeah. It's this yeah, pretty you know, antagonist?
1: The previews for it look pretty intense.
0: Yeah, because that's the sun. Dude, gotta, they got to get background on the sun now. I would think. Well, yeah, they did. Like I said, they did show him in the episode when he was torturing mm-hmm. Scotty at the pool. He came in for a few minutes, and you know was kind of freaking out that his dad was there about to kill somebody, but his dad you know talked him down and gave him money for the meter, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> here, son, I'm going to here, son, I'm going to commit murder. Go go put money in, go feed the meter. Yeah yeah, go feed the meter. <laughs> <laughs> I commit a crime. It's okay to kill someone with their greatest fear and suck out their adrenal gland, but let's not get a ticket, okay?
1: I got the impression that he's known, I mean, that he's shared what he's doing with his son. It's just this is the first time his son has been confronted face to face with it. I think
2: but he's worded it but he's worded it in a way that it's important for him to do this like this was
1: it's important research
2: this right is like this, of, this yeah. is, it's not being it's not that we want to be mean and kill you know we want to, I want to kill all these
0: people but I you know this, this is important research that must be done. and I'm sure that he experimented on his son too being a psychopath like that I don't almost guarantee you would yeah, it'll probably come out in the in the next episode. It's interesting too with the timeline. I, I wouldn't think Scarecrow'd be that much older than Bruce Wayne, but I guess I guess it fits. Okay, well, unless anyone has anything else on Gotham, let's move on to uh, The Flash. Yeah, episode twelve, Where's crazy they- for you,
1: crazy, crazy for me.
0: And I really dug the first the opening up, the opening uh, of this episode because it showed the flash doing heroic stuff. You know, I mean it didn't have really anything else to do with the story. hmm It just showed that what that the Flash has been, you know, doing this heroic stuff and you know, people know I mean the people he saves, you know, they're like, Thanks Flash, we you know, we appreciate it. They know everybody knows about the Flash now. they even, they're even uh, made a reference in Arrow. Right to the Flash, which you know, we'll get to, when we get to Arrow. Pretty intense. Well, actually, both. I mean, we get
2: not to put too much on the Arrow, but they both kind of came out at <laughs> the same episode. I mean, the, I mean, around the same time they both kind of came out because Ali's he came out to his to, to his city when he made that Batman like uh, speech, <laughs> you know? yeah, just
0: like exactly. the Flash did, you know, with the the Flash too we we'll get to that. I want to talk about if that reminded you of Dark Knight Rises at all or not. All of it did. That enti- yeah, <laughs> the entire, like, yeah. the second half of that episode is, like, lifted right out of Dark Knight Rises. But we're what getting ahead of ourselves. It didn't
2: remind me of Batman. It, the whole
0: Nolan thing. What didn't remind me of Nolan yeah. Batman. Yeah, that's for, true. For that that's whole true. thing. Well, let's talk about The Flash first, and then we'll get, we'll get okay. the needling arrow for his Nolan esque ways. <laughs> um, but I really, like I said, I love the opening scene here with Barry I am. You know, they do the voiceover at the beginning, and he's right into rescuing these people who have crashed their car uh, under an electrical pole, you know, a, a, an electrical line. You know, he's able to get the 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 guy out, and the woman is still trapped. He has to vibrate uh, the door That's to get it off the hinge. Kid. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. It Timed really well. Um, yeah. I mean, good use of practical effects. Um yeah. just a really cool sequence. I love it when, and this is something that that really is missing from. You know, speaking of Nolan, is missing from the Nolan movies. It, just showing them doing random superhero sh- you know, yeah. random superhero yeah, stuff. Not not like, you know, everything being plot driven by this, 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 but like out heroing, freelance heroing, you know. Right. I mean the Spider Man movies didn't really do that either, you know. No. That, that, that's
2: why I, what I loved about the uh, Amazing Spider Man two so much is that in the first first five minutes he's just stopping a crime. Like he
0: did a lot of right. you know, casual right. Yeah, the first 15-minute sequence is probably the best part of that movie, I think. He did, yeah, well, he did I'm... a lot. Hmm?
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I liked about both the Amazing Spider-Man movies was there were, I mean, there wasn't a lot, but it was peppered in throughout both films. Him just doing random, you know, stopping criminal stuff like the scene in the first one with the guy hijacking the car, you know, I mean, that was that was classic Spider-Man right there, you know, and and that that is something that we don't have in a lot of the other superhero films. You don't have just Wolverine running around, you know. being Wolverine, you there's it's all lent to the plot. So yeah, that's what I would have loved. Like I
2: what I miss about a lot of the superhero movies, but I like Iron Man too. Like when you instead of just having it that he's already established that he got all his weapons, he got rid of everybody that took his weapons. I would have loved to have seen him, you know, in the first scene of of Iron Man two, him, you know, kind of working with Shield, taking out. You know, people using his weapons. I would have been cool to see some of that, you know, using bad, you know, evil people using tech. And he had to kind of take them down. It would just a scene or two, just like they did with Cap. You know, in the beginning, though, what I loved about Cap 2 so much was that you got Cap just doing a mission in the first beginning of it, even though it tied into a bigger thing. But still, it was cool to just see him, you know, doing a mission first and then establishing that like i I kind of would like to see other superhero movies do that like I would hopefully for even for uh Superman and and Batman you kind of it'd be cool if you can get Superman just kind of flying around and you know trying to do good stuff and then you have Batman and Gotham just you know taking out a criminal
0: really quick Just just a, a scene or too. Well that was something that the the uh, the first Superman movies did in the, in the first couple anyway. The good ones, the Donner ones. Well, yeah, yeah. Right, right. They had Superman like rescuing a cat out of a tree, or you know, you know, stopping a thief who was walking up the side of a building, or you know, we're doing random hero stuff. Uh, at Iron Heights, there's a uh, a break in of sorts. There's a woman with the ability to teleport, who teleports into Iron Heights. Um, she can teleport to any location she can see, mm-hmm. and she works her way into Iron Heights to free her boyfriend. They they break out and the next day Barry and the forensic team and Joe are there to uh, you know to figure out the case. Uh, Barry finds residual DNA particulates all over the scene, um, and when they analyze it at Star Lab, uh, the team identifies the woman as Shauna Baez, who Caitlin names Peekaboo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get to name this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got exactly. to name it, too. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Um, while while they're doing the investigation, uh, the guard brings uh, Barry's uh, dad by. Barry's dad and he talk. He explains to him what's going on. Uh, Barry's dad says, "Oh yeah, he's you know the guy of this major crime lord, the local, you know, this local crime boss, and he uh, he was you know in in to him for a lot of money." So Barry's dad says he's going to try to find out what he can from inside prison, but Barry tells him not to not to put himself at risk. Almost made
2: me cry again. Scene. I know, man.
0: Those scenes with, and there's another scene at the end with his dad where you're just like, damn. Oh, I almost lost it for that too. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah, That
1: scene was powerful. That the last scene
0: with him, yeah. Barry and uh, uh, Barry goes back to Star Labs and, and uh, sees Caitlin there, and they talk each other into going out to try to find uh, the Shauna Baez and and, or, and Clay Parker. Yeah, I know they're not going to put them together, but they're perfect. They would be perfect couple. I know I'm not really a shipper either, but they would be anyway. They go out to get to karaoke together. Caitlin dresses up, and uh, Barry's kind of stunned. And she says, "What? Well, I don't dress like a librarian all the time." But Caitlin like has it. Caitlin has way too much to drink, and uh, right. they get up and sing a karaoke version of uh, "Summer Lovin'" from Greece, and <laughs> he does well. Yeah, well, <laughs> he was, was on. It was funny because didn't he start up on Glee? Did I he, forgot
2: that. Yeah, until think... he started singing, and he was singing so good, I was like, "Oh man, that's right. He did
1: start." Right, Glee. Yeah, I think he's I've right. only ever watched one episode of Glee, and it it made me not ever want to watch it again. So because they did an injustice to
0: Rocky Horror. Well, I can I can know that he was on Glee and not ever having <laughs> seen it so, just by reading IMDb. So there you go. <laughs> not I'm not a huge fan of musicals to begin with. They sing karaoke. kaylin uh, drinks way too much, and of course Barry doesn't feel the alcohol effects, so he's like the perfect designated driver. Perfect. Not only is he, uh, you know, the alcohol doesn't affect him, but he'll get you home quick. And while he's uh, waiting for Caitlin to go, you know, make a bathroom trip, uh, Linda Park walks up and gives her his number, gives him her number. That was cute, too. Yeah, it was a nice little scene, and she, she's awesome. And that scene later where it pays off is is, is pretty cool, too. Oh, yeah. And to help Barry's investigation, uh, his dad uh, tracks down lead in Iron Heights and finds out that the Clay to a local crime boss who's planning a major heist. And um, Barry learns the location of the heist. He finds Sean and Clay uh, robbing an armored truck. And I thought that was pretty cool the way they did that. Like, they were driving the truck down the road. And the guy says, we have company. And then they looked, and she had teleported into the back uh, of the armored car, you know, filled up with with cash, and then teleported back into the car uh, that her boyfriend was behind.
2: I like how they do that, though, with the whole, she has to actually look at the, and they kept to that. Like, they didn't. They didn't forget that that was what they established, that she has to see where she's going to teleport to.
1: Which I think is a cool limitation to have, you know, having Mm -hmm. superheroes or villains, supervillains, either one, that have just like this ultimate license with very little weakness. I mean, that that limitation makes her a very in-depth foe for for our superhero to take on it's not somebody that can just disappear at the blink of an eye and be you know halfway across town
0: right See, yeah, i like the first scene where barry confronts her after they they rob the armored truck basically playing a game of tag you know she teleports she mm-hmm. runs that, that fast you know and you really can't get yeah. anywhere with her and, and she, they end up getting away i did forget the one cute scene where barry takes uh caitlin home and uh then like oh, yeah. And then, like, dresses her in her robe and PJs and, and Super Speed, and then she says, "Do you take a peek?" And he said, "Well, I wouldn't be much of a hero if I did." And then she says something like, "We well, deserve a peek for all the good stuff you do." You should at least get a peek. And that's what I was like. I would have smacked myself like, "Damn it!" Where
1: the Barry Allen and, and Chub Toad separate because he took the high road, and I would not have.
2: Well, he he gets the slap in that. Well, he well we're dense. We're, we're men. We're dense. But he he again he sees a girl a woman who is kind of interested in him and he just didn't even notice. because
1: well, she even kind of throws that when they're sober later in the episode. I think at That's the end. That's
2: what I'm or saying, something. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just like, oh come on, Barry, you know it's okay now. She's not
0: drunk. Finally, you are able to capture Shauna when they realize that she can only teleport where she can see. Uh, Barry traps her in a tunnel uh, and takes out all the lights. Uh, she can't see where she's going, and they're able. He, he's able to trap her and uh, take her back to Star Labs. On in another plotline in the very in the same episode, uh, Cisco goes to Harley Rathaway, who told him last episode that he knew what happened to Ronnie Raymond, and they do a little uh, detective work, as it were. First, uh, uh, Harley takes him first out to a shadow, a bomb shadow on the wall from the night the particle accelerator exploded. Uh, he tries to get cute with Cisco. And Cisco breaks out some karate moves. Sure did. That was pretty awesome. And then it turns out Cisco has modified the uh, hearing aids that that uh, Rathaway has to use to to not hear, you know, have excruciating pain uh, through his eardrums all the time, uh, to where he can control them, you know, to keep him in line because he knows that Rathaway's is going to try to betray him at first possible possibility.
1: Well, and when he says that line, "You're not the only one that can play around with vibration technology," it again just makes me think of him becoming Vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. We hmm would be Karate Cisco. After this episode, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. I did enjoy that. Uh, he tells him that uh, you know Stein and and uh, and Raymond's bodies merged. His his you know he was focused on transmuting the elements, and he was at Star Labs the day of the explosion, um, and that he and Ronnie Raymond and Doctor Stein merged. And he explains all this to Cisco before he turns the tables on Cisco by pulling out the ear the earpiece and and kind of using the feedback against Cisco to knock him you know unconscious to the ground and escape.
1: Which weirdly, I was kind of okay with. He he gave a lot of good valuable information, and for him to escape to be a foe later down the series, I I was kind of okay with.
0: It was I just you know I just thought Cisco was so foolish the whole time, the whole time I'm just watching I'm like I was like you know I was like the. Um the the audience in the 70s watching a slasher movie you know don't go in there don't do that yeah i was like yeah don't take him don't take him out of star labs what are you doing
2: or if anything he could have just brought joe with him or something like like have somebody to watch his back while they investigate this thing but don't do it by yourself
1: well and what's even dumber is you know he he was playing it smart at first had him in the handcuffs and then Mm -hmm. he's like well we're if we're leaving here, it's going to be kind of conspicuous, me wearing handcuffs. Okay, I get that. But once they got into where they were at and looking at the stuff, why didn't he cuff them back again? You know, that that would have made more sense. But then again, you know, that wouldn't move the plot forward the way, the right. way they wanted
0: to go. So I keep having more and more of a problem with them locking people up in the accelerator, too. Like, they lock up Peekaboo and like... You know, behind one one way a mirror or something, so she can't see to get out. How
1: do they feed them, and where exactly. do they go to the
0: bathroom? Yes, I always I have that
1: problem. See, I'm not, I, oh,
2: every time they put them in that accelerator thing, I always say to myself, "You cannot." You know what? They have to before the end of the show is this season. They have to establish the uh, the iron gates uh, that it, it gets rebuilt. So that it can hold metahumans.
0: Yeah, Iron Heights. They've definitely. got to do that. They've got yeah, to do that. It's the just, Iron just weird that they're like they're imprisoning them and like they're sitting on all these metahumans that I mean, eventually they're gonna be revenge fueled and want to you know take you know get get back at the Flash and Team Flash for imprisoning them. You know what I mean? Because you can't hold them forever, and, and there's you, no due process either. I mean, I don't there's know. No due process, No, You can't do that. So now
2: that they have the Flash, just kind of like building i get you know what maybe it'll be whatever happens with the professor when that comes out and maybe they'll have to you know that'll be the thing to spark them to to and maybe uh cisco will help them build the. Uh, you know a, a part of iron gate's that, that can hold MetaHuman, because he, he's working with the police now anyway. So, maybe that'll be the, the thing that'll happen. Because I'm like, because they, they can't keep this up next no, season. No, they Not,
0: can't. Like, I mean, unless they want, and you know what, that's just like a prime opportunity for Snart and and, uh, and Rory to roll in there, pop all yeah. them loose, and say, hey, you know, I freed you, you owe me, let's, yeah you know, I mean, that's like, I don't know, it's just a powder keg they're sitting on waiting to explode. I was going to say, I'm
1: kind of surprised that, um, that you know, he, he didn't, when he broke out that time and that he didn't try to free all the other people, uh, what's his name? Hartley. Why? You know, cause he, he's smart enough to know that he can't be the only one they're holding down there. Yeah. And
0: he also, so, he also has a lot of trust issues with other people and stuff. Yeah. He does. So. Yeah. After the whole uh, sequence of the peekaboo and, and locking her up in the particle accelerator, Barry uh, hears that his dad is hurt. He goes to the Iron Heights uh, infirmary, and his dad has been uh, beat up, uh, worked over by uh, one of this uh, boss's uh, goons. And he had, was stabbed. Uh, and stabbed too, right? And beaten up uh, pretty bad. You know, Barry tells his dad to stop, you know, looking for information. And he's going to get himself killed. And then Barry and they have this conversation. In which Barry's dad pretty much insinuates that he knows Barry is the Flash.
2: Heck yeah!
0: I mean, there's no way that he doesn't know with what he said. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, you know it. And know then, it. and you know, he pretty much tells him that you know to be careful and that he is you know very proud of him. And it was just a very touching scene, really, really awesome. Oh, totally touched. Um, The payback too to the guy who beat and stabbed uh, Barry's dad is pretty awesome. Nice payback, and it wasn't. And it wasn't. That was hilarious. Flash uh, grabs the guy and takes him out like of Iron Heights by about a hundred feet. Mm-hmm. And you know he, you know, the guy says, you know, if they, if they catch me breaking out, they're going to add five years to my sentence. Flash is like, "Tell me what you want to, what I want to know." And he tells him what mm-hmm. he wants to know, and he leaves him out there anyway. Well, Flash also <laughs> says,
1: "Yeah, it's more like 10
0: Yeah, that was pretty good. it was. It was a nice way of doing it without it being a dark way of dealing with it uh, Cisco comes clean to the rest of Team Flash tells him that he accidentally let out Rathaway and explains to them why and why and he feels so guilty about Ronnie everything that went down on his end that night and Caitlin kind of a, you know tells him that you know he's been carrying around this around all this time and he doesn't have to you know it wasn't his fault I like that too I like yeah. that reaction as, as opposed to being angry. I'm glad you right. didn't get mad at
2: again.
1: Yeah, because I've had a feeling that's where it was going. was She was going to be now mad at him like she was at Wells when he revealed his secret. But yeah, I was glad how it turned out.
0: And then finally, we got a scene of a couple of guys down in the sewer system. Mm-hmm. Working online. line. Mm-hmm. They're minding their own business. They're minding their uh-huh. own business. And they walk along, and on the wall there, they see this word written over and over and over and over and over, almost the way like a crazy person or a child would write it. Grod. Oh, that's not a word. That that's a name. name. Uh. It's a proper noun. Yeah, Grod. Over and over and over on the wall, and you know they're saying, "What the hell is this?" With the help of a quick shot of a CGI gorilla. We see our first look at gorilla. Oh yeah! And, I was wondering
2: how they. I I doubted them, and I shouldn't have, because I truly was. I truly said to myself every time um, they were they mentioned, Grodd, I was like, "There's no way this show could do a Gorilla Grodd story,"
1: but they proved me wrong. Yeah, and and I. I could be wrong on this, too, but I have a feeling we're not actually going to see him as part of any major plot this season at all. I think they're just going to keep kind of teasing him in different ways, like they did this episode, and like they did in the, was it the pilot episode where we see the cage broke right, with and the, the plate on it?
0: In the episode with yeah. Astique too, we saw uh, no, yeah. Mr. Grodd, because her him and I, Eileen argue about Grodd. Well, his intelligence is growing, so maybe he's not ready yet. Yeah, maybe it's something that like pops up as like an urban legend or something. Like Iris mm-hmm. goes down there. You know. That'd be it's, cool. Yeah, we only have uh, two. Um, let's see, we have 22 episodes, so there's still 10 more in the season. So I'm sure it could play out sometime in there. Uh, the next episode is going to be called the Nuclear Man. So obviously, we're going to be focusing on fire. You know, more firestorm-centric storyline there. So yeah, another great episode of The Flash. You know, yeah, Again, this is kind of an episode where some chess pieces were moved around. But then we had mm-hmm. some really cool character moments as well. You know, the karaoke with Caitlin and Barry was really kind of sweet and cute. I don't know, it, just, it was a good episode all around. Yeah, I liked the Linda d- I, uh, meeting Iris. I'm sorry, I totally forgot that scene. Uh, we yeah. see Iris at the the newspaper. Barry is there, and she assumes that Barry's there to see her, but no, he is there to uh, pick up uh, Linda for a lunch date. Was it
1: just me, or did she have a little bit of jealousy look on her face? Of course she
0: did. Yeah. And surprise
1: I have to say this about this episode is man did they CW it up without actually getting it to CW-ish you know yeah
2: it, it was more like they comic booked it up which is what I'd like I have no problem with that it didn't it didn't feel like it had to do it for a CW thing it was like they did it with Arrow when we talk about that it just felt like this is stuff I would see in the comic
0: yeah yeah the, the, like I said, the only problems I had was I thought Cisco would have been smarter than he was with Rathaway. Right. Um, I mean, I know they tried to portray him as, like, leading with his heart because he was so guilty over what happened with Ronnie and stuff. But I still, you know, I think he, I, it just seems like as smart as Cisco is, he would have, you know, been smarter about that. That was, like, my main, you know, beef with the whole episode.
2: Yeah, that was that was
0: my main thing. And I really like the actress they yeah, had to play uh, uh, peekaboo, Shauna Baez. Uh, Brittany Oldford. I did like
2: the casting though I do I do. and she can come back. like uh, I'm glad they didn't you know do the thing of trying to kill her off or anything like that. They just, you know,
0: right. she went back to prison. Do
1: we know her from anything else?
0: She was in American horror story. Season two. I, I I'm sorry, she was in season two.
1: Oh, she played she
2: played the wife, the the wife of the uh, guy that he was convicted of murdering her. And it wasn't really that. It was somebody had murdered her and oh, framed her.
0: Oh
1: yeah, okay. I now I yeah. I don't know. When she first showed up this week, I thought about uh, Lisa Bonet. I don't know. She just get, had that look of her.
2: She looks.
0: Yeah, a little yeah. bit.
2: She's not as great as the woman that I always wished that I could have married. But <laughs> she does have a similar a similar look to her though.
1: Lenny Kravitz beat you to it, sir.
2: Uh, he too pretty I, I got I can't I can't deal with nothing. I can't fight Aquaman. I can't fight Lane Kravitz. I'm out. Yeah, I can't do a setup right now. I can't I can't I can't deal with that. Let's move on to
0: arrow then, shall we? Let's do right. it. Let's do Episode Batman is. Yeah, let's do the Dark Knight Rises. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, episode twelve of the season is called Uprising. We, we start off with Oliver worried about Starling uh, City. He is deciding to leave Tatsu in that little house in the mountains where he's trying to rest and heal. She tells him, you know, that he's going to die if he tries to leave because he hasn't healed up enough. But he also she also says that if he wants to defeat Ra's al Ghul, he has to see he, he has to um, find someone who is uh, trained under Ra's al Ghul. And first, she su- uh, suggests Maceo. But Oliver, you know, dismisses that, saying that, you know, he's already been in too much, you know, of a risk of, you know, being found out for his betrayal by saving Oliver's life. We then cut to Roy and Laurel uh, fighting around uh, the glades. We see him in a diner. Roy walks in and the guy's like, whoa, are you that red streak I've been hearing about? And he said, wrong city. Cute scene. I did like that scene. All of a sudden, Laurel can yeah. fight. Well, all of a sudden, she can hit people in the back of the head quickly because she was able to take out the guy pretty quickly. With um,
2: well, you know, Roy. I think they they're doing a not they're not doing a good enough job, but they're trying to imply that more time has passed and she's still been training with um with Ted. Ted.
1: Grant. Yeah, because yeah, last they- episode, Felicity talks about. Ollie being missing like what three days now or something. And then this episode when he when he's coming back it's been weeks and weeks.
0: It's been almost a month, Apparently. she says, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't but they're not doing a good enough job to, to really to really hit to really push the point that a lot you know, that there's been
0: a lot of time that's passed already. Right. I just didn't I just seem like, you know, since last week where she's falling around and getting beat up and tripped on a lot you know this probably i I think what they should have probably done
2: was instead i mean that was a cool scene to have to have roy in there but i think if you want to establish that she's a little bit better trained they should have had roy fighting with her you know training sparring with her in the yeah in cave. maybe a scene somewhere with that maybe a montage. Yeah, yeah, It doesn't take much. Just a just a quick little, you know, thing of them and then you, you can have um Diggle and you know, saying, Okay, you're getting better you know, like you just you can you have that in it. Or maybe or they're getting used to fighting with each other. You know, like when you're fighting it's a rhythm that you have to have. And uh
1: Right. She is getting a little better. I mean, to me, she wasn't anywhere near as annoying this episode as it was last, or eye rolly moments like it was last episode. This episode definitely made up for last one.
2: No, my eye rolls came from comes from Merlin's, uh and and from um, true from from the sister a little bit.
0: Yeah, so, I think I just some of the and I guess we talk about it now since we're in the episode trying to make Merlin a good guy now. Yeah, see, like, I can right, never get over Right with me, and all the stuff we know about him and all the stuff he's done. Right. You set a bomb
2: to blow up, to basically, you set off a device to basically, and it did, it basically killed thousands of people. That's well, women. so did Ollie's
1: mother, and we kind of gave her a pass.
2: Yeah, but she at least tried to, st- like, her thing was the fear and, and not knowing what to do. And then she tried to stop it before it and warn people before it happened. He actually, his whole plan was for it to happen, and he made it happen. Like, people died on purpose because of him. Like, basically, not even, it's even worse. You're saying all the poor people should be murdered. That's, you're basically like the, 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 the worst Hitler character of all because basically what he's saying is the rich people, those are the ones that should be saved and protected from all the, the poor people that are in the glades. Cause that's the, basically the glades of the bad part of town. And there are people there that can't afford to to leave that area. Like you're like, if they, if you dig a little too deep into, into arrow right now, like he comes off as he's the worst.
1: You don't think redemption is something that can be done with his character. For some, yes, but not
2: for somebody who thought it was okay to murder... Like, if you only... If he came after criminals and he murdered... Like, he tried to destroy, like, a prison or something like that. I can even go with that a little bit. A little bit. But you just were blowing up neighborhoods. Like, you (laughs) practically... And his plan was to destroy the whole thing. It's just that it didn't work out the way he wanted it to. He wanted to destroy the whole glades. He had no plan to get out, like families that were living there. None of that. He he wanted to take out the whole thing. Like I can't.
0: Like how do you that reconcile that? What Merlin that? in season two? Yeah, you talking about yeah. Yeah, like, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, plus, I mean, you he, frame Thea for murder, you know, the murder of Sarah. I mean, all the stuff, I can't... I mean, at the end, when Oliver decides he wants to train with him, it just kind of blew my mind. I was kind of with Felicity on that. I was like, are you kidding me? But anyway, we'll get to that. we well, get to it. Uh, Captain Lance uh, gives the, uh, um, you know, Team Arrow, or I guess it's Team Felicity now, because she's pretty much in charge, uh, all the information that they have on Brick. And going through the information they find a gun that was used in a murder 20-some-odd years ago, and it turns out that Brick was the one who killed Merlin's wife. And we find out through a flashback that Merlin's wife being killed was the whole reason he ended up joining the League of Assassins to begin with. Right. Because he found the guy who he thought killed his wife killed him, Mm But then, like, we're still full of rage and everything, and they had to do something about it, and, and that's when he left for the League of Assassins. We find this out in flashbacks all through the episode about Merlin.
1: Which is why it kind of makes sense later that he wants to train with Merlin, because he's told in the first of the episode uh, that in order to defeat Raja Ghul, he's going to have to learn from somebody who learned from Raja Ghul, right? Yeah. Wasn't that, yeah. So, I mean, even if we don't like it, it makes sense well that's the part i can i can understand that part
2: my my eye rolling didn't because Ali knows who he is he knows he's a murderer that that's besides the point my eye roll comes from thea just negating all that just because he tried to save you like that 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 just that's the part yeah, that just that just gets me like you're like you know this dude you know i i can see you feeling a little bit i don't know I, if they had just even if she had went to the dark side i would have went along with that if she just went to the dark side but she hasn't like i don't even know why they pull back on that because it looked like that's where they were going with it like she was going to be
1: well it i read something about this next week's episode which i wish i hadn't that's spoilery oh. and i'm not i'm not going to mention it but okay don't 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 give up on that happening just yet.
2: Okay, because it felt like they were doing that and then they stopped, and that, and then and then the whole thing with her and the fuck, thats what's throwing me off. I don't. It's it seems it feels like I don't know what it is. It feels like the pacing of this season is just off a little bit to me, and it maybe there are things that need to be established that they really kind of didn't establish. And maybe that's my issue
0: with with the whole thing. I can see that. Rory and Laurel and aided uh, with by Felicity and Diggle decide to launch an assault on Brick's place when they find out that he's taken over the uh, the police department of the Glades as his headquarters. Get in there and they get take some of his guys out, but then the, the place starts to go to hell when Brick decides to load a shotgun full of flares uh, <laughs> to to take them out. Merlin comes in, tags Brick with an arrow. Kind of saves Roy and Laurel's bacon and says we have to talk. And Merlin propositions that they uh, join forces together to take down Brick. Team puts it to a vote. They uh, they uh, they argue for a while. They put it to a vote. Diggle comes out and tells Merlin that they they refuse that they're not going to you know they're not going to throw in with him. Uh, instead, they come out with their own plan, which is pretty much Dark Knight Rises. They uh, come out uh, to where Brick has taken over his headquarters at the police station. Pretty much just Roy and uh, and Laurel and you know call him out. And Brick says, you know, are you kidding me? Uh, you, you, know, you need to work on your maths, because, you know, he's British, and they yeah. make math plural by putting an S on it. And a whole bunch of his goons come out, and they say, no, you have to work on yours, and they rally uh, the citizens of the Glades to take back their town. So you have this big scene, very much like the scene in Dark Knight Rises between the cops and Bane's men. Um <laughs> You just missing snow. That's all you're missing. They uh, they go they go to war, there's a big fight. Ted Grant has been called out too, but he gets his butt kicked big time by Brick.
2: Did they establish where Brick got, became a meta human?
0: No. Not the that that okay. scene. Okay, I thought that they didn't. But uh you know, Ted Grant, you know, tags Brick pretty well, but Brick beats the living crap out of him. Canary uh, or Laurel finds him and as she's like tending to him, uh Cindy, the girl that was Sarah's friend before watches Laurel, and realizes that Laurel isn't Sarah. Something her own father didn't realize. This girl that too. figures out. That's, mm-hmm. Just by looking at her from across the battlefield.
2: That's another eye-roller thing, right? Because Even with the thing, you figured out Roy with no problem. You, you, like, so you can tell the difference when people are... Like, you, you can recognize fighting styles and how people look when they're in costume. The whole thing with Sarah, it, it just... Yeah, that yeah, her own father wouldn't recognize her. Yeah. But this girl on the street the would. They make the cops, like in Arrow, they really make the cops appear to be the dumbest people I've ever seen.
1: Well, yeah. And, I mean, I'm trying to remember, but isn't, I mean, just looking at the two actresses together, isn't Laurel, like, almost like half a foot or so taller than Sarah? Yes yeah so i mean her he only saw her from a pretty far distance and she was upstairs with light beaming in behind her i i don't know
0: mm. it just seemed kind of weird the street girl would recognize that it wasn't sarah and he wouldn't you know, and she even calls him on that like after the fight right um merlin corners brick in an alley and gets the upper hand on him and uh You know, he starts to soliloquy on Brick about how, you know, he took away his wife and, you know, all this other stuff. And just as Merlin is about to kill him, boom, Oliver's back uh, and convinces him to spare Brick's life for Thea's sake, which I don't get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You've killed, like, hundreds and hundreds of people, but don't kill this guy.
1: How would she know one way or the other? Yeah. She doesn't know that he's... I mean, how...
0: I, yeah, she doesn't know any of this stuff.
1: I mean, it's fine that Ollie has his, okay, I'm not going to kill anymore. I've now suddenly got the morals of Batman kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there was no motive for him to stop him at all. Other, no. I mean, I could say him saying, don't kill him. It's a life. But beyond that, to sit there and, and invoke Fia out of all of it, I'm like, I don't understand. I, I mean other than maybe okay, so if you don't kill this guy maybe that you'll you'll switch to my code of killing is wrong and you know down the road that'll redeem you as a good man and then Fia can see her father as a good man but that's kind of a stretch considering a like what you said. Year what you said earlier about what he's done so i don't know again i i really like the character of merlin i don't know and maybe it's just because i'm a fan of john Barrowman, but i i don't know he's such a likable just he's He's
2: good bad i i don't know why they have to redeem him like i like i like him too. leave him as the charismatic Lex luther you don't have to redeem him i don't i don't know why there's a thing where you have to kind of try to redeem him you don't have to do none of that stuff. Let him be the bad that tried to murder all those people. Like, let him be the bad guy, and then he. But he's very charismatic, and he and he got out of it. Like he, he's you know, let him be
0: that. We then get the scene of Oliver standing on top of a fountain or a column of some sort. He's got brick chained to the column in front of him. Now this is very much out of a comic book. I thought. Yeah. And he stood up and he told uh, you know he, he tells the crowd. At the, in the glades, that he you know commends them for not failing the city, and then he says, you know, he will never leave them again. And then he shoots his arrow off into the sky and f- swings away like Spider Man.
2: And it was so corny, and I loved it. Like it, like, I mean, it was I both
0: awesome care. and yeah, and tropy at the same time.
2: I didn't care. Like I didn't care. I still I still got excited when he did it. When he stood there and he, and he made that pledge not to you know. Not to leave the city. I was all in. Like I could not. Well, I was so glad he was back, though. Like I was ready for him to come back.
1: I thought it was a good entrance coming back too, the way he came. Yeah, back.
2: yeah. I still would have liked though if that. I still would have. It still kind of would have been cool if he had trained while he was, you know, coming recuperating. He trained and learned even more how to fight better.
0: Like Rocky Four. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what I wanted to see. Yeah, a lot of Rocky references tonight. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's Rocky. It's fine. But good episode of Arrow. I don't, I'm mm-hmm. still not digging Laurel as the Black Canary, though. Nah, that you. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, even trying. Even I'm trying. I'm trying I didn't even
2: want to say it. It's a given. But um, we do have Oliver kind of establishing himself as a hero to the to, to the. To the crowd, you know, this is my city. Him and Flash have pretty much they have pretty much made headline news, is as, as, you know being the protectors of their city. So I'm I'm with that. I, it, see, it's funny how they seem to be doing this all at the same time, like they're lining it up.
0: Right, and they're they're being very careful about the continuity between the two as well. Right, yeah, make sure the shows have very different tones, mm-hmm. very different places that the protagonists are coming from, but like also fitting together somehow. Like like Metropolis and Gotham City both existing in, in a world, you know, with exactly. Superman and Batman in them. Exactly. Um, if we have a uh, a pretty cool Facebook group, we got some new members this week, which is pretty awesome. And uh, I it's it's oddly enough called DC TV Podcast, so it's easy to find it on the Facebooks. A lot of young people enjoy the Facebooks more, more so than the MySpace and the Geo cities, I hear. Uh, we asked for any comments tonight. We had uh, Robert Cooper uh, come up to bat. Thank you, Robert. Uh, anyone else catch how, how Caitlin Snow said she needs to find another guy to go crazy over? I uh-huh. wonder if she'll ever become Killer Frost. Uh-huh. Mm. I but, that. Great scene showing Barry's dad knows he's the Flash, and I'm convinced there must be two reverse Flashes now. I wonder if Wheelchair Wells is an older version of the guy who attacked Barry and the rest of them. The whole thing has to be more complicated than it appears now. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, as we too. as we said, uh, I think on The Man with the Yellow seat episode, there's much more to the story we have not gotten yet. I uh, yeah. thought Arrow was much better this week, and oh yeah, Grodd. I think we're all excited about Grodd. I know uh, Johnny M, when um, the episode aired, he emailed me, he said that he needed a diaper. He kind of peed himself a little bit when he saw Grodd. <laughs> uh We got a picture this week of the Suicide Squad back in Arrow. Yeah. Which is awesome. I always, I always like it when they have them, and I'm glad they're bringing them back. Uh, yet another DC property has been greenlit for TV, uh, Lucifer Pilot. Uh, the character Lucifer is created by Neil Gaiman and Sandman, and then uh, done by uh, Mike Carey uh, for a long time for Vertigo. Probably, I think it's like eight or nine trades worth. It's uh, Pilot's been greenlit for Fox uh, with that character, so pretty interesting there. I don't know, you think that would fly? Show about yeah, Lucifer?
1: I never read <laughs> the mini... I never read the standalone, but I read Sandman. I like the character. I I still want to see a Sandman show or something. So yeah, I can see it.
0: it it's interesting because the character uh, is is very is close to a character, an angel uh, who who mm-hmm. was also a demon who owned a nightclub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It'll be it'll be cool to see what they do with it. I hope they bring my carry in on that though, because he was really instrumental in flushing that character out. I hope so too. Series. I
2: hope so too, and I and and again, don't expect it to be a a, a
0: rating smash right away. Yeah, uh, we'll see. It's a Fox thing, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, we got a first look at Brandon Ralph in the Adam armor. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys think? Jamal Eigel, uh, comic
2: artist uh, and a friend, he he kind of posted on his Facebook a picture of the recent. DC fifty two Adam and the suit it does look similar to that but when you see it like when you see a live version of it I swear it looks like the Exo Man of War suit it um, does
0: I think because of the way the helmet is yes with the with the face plate over the face and the stomach the spine the, the right. way that the stomach looks kind of like uh yeah. like the a chin, and the chin strap quote unquote or whatever yeah I could totally see that being the Exo suit. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the rollerball suit too, the way the the pads are kind of incorporated yep. into the suit and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it I does. think I think it looks cool. I think it looks cool, definitely. It it doesn't look cheap. It does
2: it does not look cheap. It doesn't look like they just threw it together. You know, to to do it, it's it's a long. It came a long way from what the Beetle outfit suit looked like in Smallville, when they kind of you you know you
0: saw armor. We, uh, we also got a little tease this week about the future of the Flash that there's going to be an upcoming episode dealing heavily with time travel. Uh, Grant Gustin, in an interview, compared it to The Terminator or Back to the Future or Groundhog oh Day with different uh, timelines uh, overlapping and stuff. And he kind of finds out by accident through the Speed Force that he can travel through time. All right. Which is interesting considering the whole thing that, you know, the kind of foreknowledge we have about his father, and his mother, you know, his mother's murder and everything. I mean, you'd think if he could travel through time, that would be the first thing you would go to try to do, right?
1: Probably. But then it brings to mind Flashpoint.
0: That's true. And I wouldn't be, I mean, didn't Johns write Flashpoint? Yes. Yep. And that's isn't where Johns writing I mean, the Flash? <laughs>
2: yeah, that whole thing with Flashpoint, with the mother being
0: murdered, that's, uh, all of that is part of it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not surprised. I mean, I don't know. I I would think with that character, that would be, if he he learned he could travel through time, that would be the first thing he would do, would go back. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? To stop his mother's murder. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, We also found out the lineup for the Titans in the upcoming TNT Titans series has been greenlit. Running with uh, Dick Grayson, who's going to start the series as Robin, but then become Nightwing, uh, as he did in the comics over time.
2: I'm all in.
0: Which is interesting. I wonder how tightly they're going to tie that into, you know, Batman continuity. I don't know how tightly they'll be able to, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Well, the other another character will be uh, Barbara Gordon, uh, coming from Gotham City. Uh, it says in this uh, uh, report on the script that uh, from Nerdist that, mm-hmm. you know, Barbara will be Oracle in everything but th- her name. Uh, she'll be in a wheelchair. She'll operate as a Titan's information source. She'll kind of be the Felicity of the Titans, or I guess Felicity is the Oracle of Arrow. Pretty much. Uh, Also on, also on the roster will be Raven and Starfire, which are pretty cool characters that came up uh, first in the Wolfman and Perez classic run of the eighties. And then uh, rounding out the roster will be Hawk and dove. It will be the male and female version. Uh, Hank Hall will be Hawk and Don Granger will be dove. And just like in the, uh, uh, in the comic series, they will be romantically involved.
2: I love that run both like when it was the brothers
0: and then when it was, yeah. it was dawn and I like both those runs so I, I... Now, I understand why cyborg isn't in there because they're using him and uh, they're giving him his own movie yeah yeah uh, I'm just wondering well, what about Beast Boy or I mean are they even gonna touch Kid Flash or any of the flashes or I mean they were a big part of the Titans yeah I mean Kid Flash was one of the founding members right Maybe, well, I guess it's hard, because Beast, Beast Boy
2: and Cyborg were all, are so, when you see
0: one, you think of the other so much, that maybe they're not sure of the dynamic. Well, they're kind of grim Cyborg for the big leagues now, they put him in the Justice League, they're giving him his own movie, mm-hmm. uh, live action movie and stuff, so, I mean, Beast Boy, they probably shied away from just because the CGI would be... Expensive. Yeah, he'd be the most expensive. Yeah, right there, yeah. you know. So, plus his scenes work well on Cyborg. I don't, you know, you, yeah, without it's him as the foil, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Showrunner Bruno Heller from Gotham says that they're going to be introducing the Joker storyline before the season one finale.
1: I was kind of surprised to read that.
0: I was too. Very much so because I didn't think they'd be even touching anything like that. Me either. For a long time to come. I love these press announcements that we will get more news, but they, <laughs> the uh, the the uh, DC announced that we will be have more Suicide Squad movie and Batman v Superman news in the month of February. So, thanks for letting us know that there will be news at some point. We will be saying something soon. It's like the teaser for the trail. It's like the teaser for the teaser. The teaser. Right, like trailer. the Daredevil. There was a teaser for the teaser mm-hmm. trailer. I remember, yeah, uh, for the Daredevil Netflix.
1: Do either of you watch Parks and Rec?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: It's like DC hired Purd to do their press releases now.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. we're
1: going to tell you something, and it's going to be informative.
2: It is. That's basically what they're telling you. Like we're gonna tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna show you this little thing, this image. But tomorrow, for just to prepare you for tomorrow, when we show you the rest of the image that we're going to show you that we can't tell you right now about. Like, it is, is, but this is, the. I mean, but that's the way, that's the way they hype it. Like, they, it's like they train us to be the press, to to run the, um, the press for them for free,
0: because they know we're going to talk about it. Yeah, and it's just like, here's the teaser of the teaser.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's like almost the same.
0: And everybody, you know, everybody, all the websites jump up and, pose that teaser. You know, they post the teaser yeah. they get the clicks, and then here's the teaser itself, and here's the analysis of the teaser. Here are screenshots from the teaser. Right. You know, here are 10 re- things that we noticed in the teaser you probably didn't. Here are 10, you know, here are and five Easter it, eggs uh, in the teaser. Yeah. It's, it's so a pain, but a... you have
2: to do it. They are. They are using us. But we use them, too, for the hits. I mean, yeah. it's like you can't not post it. Like, being a running a website you i you know like i you fall into that trap all the time but it's not really a trap it's just that you have to do it you can't it's it's right. you know you just can't not i have to play the i have to show the teaser to for the teaser because everybody else is going to do it i, I got to do it and then i have to show the trailer the next day i mean people want to know like they do want to see that stuff so yeah. you have to do it
1: right We're just another cog in their machine.
2: We are. (laughs) Wait till Star Wars really starts to get rolling.
1: Oh, I can't wait, sir.
2: Yeah. Every little thing of that. Of course I'm gonna I'm gonna post a little thing. Go Bobo Fett's
0: shoe. Okay, I'll have to post that. Yes. I mean well forget about Star Wars. Think about the summer. Yeah. I mean with Avengers, with uh, with you know Mad Max with everything coming out this summer and then you know, all that leading up to Star Wars at Christmas, you know. If J.J. Abrams actually brings the movie out on time and it comes out on Christmas. Right. So.
2: And then and then you have all these, um, then they do little promo, like they're, they're you're, you're getting little, little teases of other Star Wars movies that are supposed to come out. Right. It's like, I, like oh, yeah. this actor's talked to this one. and Now it's like all they have to do is just say, uh, this actress is in talks to a prominent role like you would never get that before but now that's like a normal thing to do now to mm-hmm. do that yep. because it causes spec it's smart though because it, it causes people to fans we're fans of it you got you want to talk about it you want to discuss it like what could you be
0: doing do we just what we do we are the fans we are the fans, right? And just one, one last news bit, and then we're going to be ghost uh, real quick. The uh, According to inside sources who have read the Supergirl pilot, the uh, and they uh, just cast Rory McCann as DC Comics villain Lumberjack for the Supergirl pilot. <laughs> <laughs> lumberjack, what? everybody. He's a Lumberjack, well, that, and he's okay.
1: That was another one this week that surprised me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no doubt. Who, who thought Lumberjack of all the well, DC ones? That, well,
2: that shows, again, uh, Supergirl does not have the best rogues gallery.
0: No, but Lumberjack? Yeah. He's even a, a C or a D lister for, I don't know, pick somebody. Ambush Ambushbug. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So that's uh, DC TV podcast for this week. Uh, as I said, please join the Facebook group. It's called also DCTV Podcast, and uh, we have a lot of great news being posted there all the time by Rafael and by Daryl and by Carlos, and uh, and by Taishan and and uh, and and everybody else, who, who, and Richard, of course. All you guys uh, keep it really well posted with news and stuff. And uh, if you want to follow all the DCTV and movie news, it's definitely the place to to do that. So please join the Facebook group. Uh, If you like this podcast, and uh, if you like television, I imagine you would, because this is a TV podcast. You've been listening to it now for about an hour and a half. Uh, We have a whole plethora, and yes, I do know what that word means, of uh, television podcasts at HHWLOD Media Network. Uh, That's HHWLOD.com. And you can check out our blogs there, our articles there. But most of all, our podcasts, we have podcasts for The Walking Dead TV show, for um, Sleepy Hollow, the EchoPod Crane cast. We also have It's All Connected, which covers the Marvel shows right now. They're covering Agent Carter and how they fit into the overall Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, we have shows about comic books. We have the Out Now with Aaron and Abe show, which covers... Brand new movies uh, as they come out every week. We have the Black Box with Sean Pryor, always an interesting listen. Uh, we also have the latest member of the uh, d- the HHWLOD family, the Whedonverse cast. who are going uh, episode by episode, thing by thing over everything Joss Whedon has done so far. There, is uh, awesome. Yeah, I really
1: like that show. It's good.
0: Absolutely, it's even I mean, I know that first season of Buffy was rough, but uh, but they do too, and they they really know their stuff. So join. Join Mr. Universe and his friends on the Whedonverse cast. That's all on HHWLOD.com. And uh, once you've done that, once you've exhausted all of uh, and and drained every bit of that uh, media-savvy stuff dry, then by all means, go check out the tycoon himself, Mr. Daryl Taylor, over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts, where he has a whole spectrum of wonderful podcasting goodness. Congratulations on 200 episodes for no apologies, by the way. Thank you. Um, I'm surprised Chris Campbell survived that episode. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't didn't sound like it was a a touch and go there for a little while.
2: Oh, (laughs) it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, uh, No Apologies is there. Uh, Arts and Crap is there, which uh, covers all your scone movies. Uh, Didn't you guys just do Top 5, the Chris Rock movie?
2: Yeah, we just just did that uh, recently. And then we're going to do one for, we're going to do indy for valentine's month we're gonna do uh the top five like small films that that are love stories are are, are we each gonna pick our our top
0: five of those like uh what top gun die hard you know it is a weapon predator Predator? uh tango and cash that's the love (laughs) story right there predator (laughs) commando you're Stop where right.
1: my mom will shoot.
0: There's your five right there. Fire. <laughs> that's a tragedy. That's a yeah. tragedy. That's tragedy got made. That's all. <laughs> but there's also right. the Comic Rock Snark Fest, which has the the uh, the, the first and second lady, uh, second ladies of snark, uh, uh, Jerry and Amy, along yeah. with the tycoon himself. And uh, I, of course, uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the Nothing's On podcast that Daryl and I do. With uh, we have to refer to him this way, or he gets all diva about it. Professional comedian Donny Salva. <laughs> yes, he's such a prima donna. But all anyway, but anyway, uh, join us! Uh, join us there at the Taylor Network podcast. They also have a lot of great news updates, blogs, all kinds of cool stuff going on there as well. So until next time, next week when we have four new episodes of four new DC shows to talk about. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Appreciate it greatly. And we are and we are best. all right.